Welcome back to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you exclusive interviews with on-screen talent and behind-the-scenes creatives, discovering their stories and how they're changing the face of stardom across media. I'm your host, Juan Ayala. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's get to talking. Today, I am joined by the star of the CW's latest installment into their expansive Arrowverse, Stargirl, Yvette Monreal, who plays Wildcat, a young superhero and member of the Justice Society of America who fights crime alongside the titular Stargirl and their fellow misfits turned heroes, Our Man and Dr. Midnight. Yvette, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Of course. So let's go way back to the beginning. And by way back, you guys are in season two, so this wasn't that long ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, when you got word you'd booked the role of Yolanda Montez in season one, uh, what can you remember? What was going through your head? Well, I remember I got the sides of the script about like two hours before I went in for the audition. So at this point, I was kind of like, I have to just go in as myself. I don't have, you know, sometimes you want to do character work or, you know, add a little I was like, I just have to go in as myself and hopefully that works. And, um, you know, I didn't hear anything for about a month. And then Mm. I booked Rambo. And so I flew out to Spain to film the movie. And then so about a month later, I hear that they wanted to call me back to go in for a producer session. And I was like, oh, my God, but I'm not. They tried to work it. They tried to fly me back, but it just wasn't happening with my schedule. So um, I just ended up having a conference call with Jeff Johns. Um, and we talked a little bit about the character and he sent me straight to test. So I just, instead of, you know, cause there's chemistry reads with Brett Bassinger, the one who plays Stargirl, I wasn't able to make it. So they just had me re-record my tape and I, I booked it off my tape and I was so excited because right after I was done filming the movie, I had another job to go to yeah. and every actor knows that's the <laughs> stressful part of being in the business. Yeah, for sure. Just, you know, one job's over. You're like, okay, cool. What's next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the question I always get to at dinners. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, with the superhero genre growing constantly, uh, especially in the CW, did you ever think coming up as an actor that you would be part of it one day? No, it was always <laughs> a dream, honestly. Like, every, I think for for, I can speak for myself, I've always thought like oh maybe one day I'll play a superhero but never did I think it was actually going to happen let alone be a part of something so iconic like the Justice Society of America Mm. um it's it's crazy and working alongside our showrunner and the writers at hand it's so cool because they're just so comic book accurate too where they leave easter eggs for you know season three and season four and you know like they just they're just so on it that you can always just go back to the first season and like tie things in. They're just, it, it's amazing. It's, it's really cool. I learn things every single day, like being on set and I'm like, Oh, and I don't know if you see like on Instagram, there's always like these fans doing little edits and they'll like point mm-hmm. out little Easter eggs. And I'm like, why didn't I know that when I was filming it? Like, I wish I would have known that, but it's really cool. It's fun. Yeah, I'm a total nerd. There's a bunch of like YouTube channels that break down like, here's all the Easter eggs you missed. And I'm like, I missed every single one of those. And the CW, like, you know, Jeff Johns and all of the showrunners that are part of all of these DC shows on the CW really set up the show so early for like seasons at a time. That's Um, exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Well put. (laughs) It's especially apparent like in, you know, like the recaps at the beginning of episodes 
it'll be like yes. previously on and then you're they pull a clip from like season one and now you're in season four you're like wait they dropped it that years ago it's crazy how much planning goes into it but little you know, hints yeah right. little hints and then but we're even in in the dark sometimes like we don't know what they have planned i mean there's so many ways they can take it too so like sometimes they'll tell us one version but he has so many like versions in his head where he, mm. you just never know things change all the time so we're always surprised it's full of surprises every script so being that it's a superhero show did you find it a little harder to connect with yolanda at the beginning or where your teen year is like somewhat similar to hers you know minus supervillains obviously in the crime fighting i mean no, actually, I felt like this character was super grounded and I just went in playing her as myself. I couldn't really, I didn't really have the time to prepare something different. So, I mean, um, our showrunner always said too, like each character that is on TV, like we have that in ourselves. So mm. it was re really, like he has such good intuition. He says like each character has a piece of that. Like it wasn't hard to choose because... It's just like there, you know? Yeah. So no, it wasn't hard to connect. I mean, yes, she's a little younger than me, but um, it's really easy to just, I don't know, go back to those emotions and just, I mean, besides being in high school, I feel like those feelings are so relevant, relevant, like on a, not a daily basis, but they're just very relevant. Like I could feel her pain. I could feel her anger in different ways and different, um, you just kind of go, like if Yolanda's feeling pain, I go to a place where like maybe I substitute, you know mm. what that means? So like I just substitute, like if whatever brought me the most pain recently, like it's easy for me to substitute. Sometimes yeah. I do that or sometimes like if there's something relevant that I related to in high school that brought back the same feeling, I do that as well. It's just like little things I pull from my own life to make it more truthful for hers, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah, especially in how grounded, like you said, on how the grounded these characters are, it's easier mm -hmm. for it's easier for the actors and also just for the audience to relate to these characters and what they're going through, their struggles, their flaws, uh, the positives of them as well. Um, but yeah, I totally get what you mean. I know a bunch of actors, so the whole outside in, inside out type of <laughs> acting methods. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little confusing up there, but <laughs> it works, you know? Being that Stargirl and you guys had a cameo in the Crisis of Infinite Earths, a whole oh, yeah. crazy crossover, um, with all of these universes being connected in some way, is there an existing Arrowverse character that you'd love to appear in Stargirl? I mean, I said this the other day, but um, <laughs> it would be so fun to see Shazam in our in our show. That would be really cool because, you know, it would be based off the comics. And I mean, I talked, Breck said this the other day, but she was like, it'd be weird because of the age difference. But I mean, he's just so funny. We got to love him and just like have him switch back and forth a couple of times. That would be cool. He's great. He's great. I love that movie so much. If there's anything we've learned in the past couple of years, it's how important a representation is across the media and yeah. getting to see a Latina actress play a Latina superhero is just so cool. It's something that we haven't seen much of, unfortunately, in, you know, the 50 plus superhero movies and TV shows that have come out in like the last decade. Um, you know, there's, I know there's like Cisco and the flash and there's a few others throughout, um, but sort of at the forefront, it's something that we're still sort of improving needles, moving in the right direction and whatnot. But, um, right. 
you know, little kids seeing people that look like them and that are just like them that are Latinx and speak Spanish and all of that. It's really important to them. And I know just growing up uh, as a Latinx kid, there was always a lack of representation. Um, and it's just really cool to see that now. So what's the earliest memory you have of like a TV show or a film that made you feel represented? growing up on disney channel i I used to watch selena gomez in wizards of waverly place Mm -hmm. that was really cool like i i always thought you had to be super super perfect to be on tv you know but i didn't know that there's hair there's makeup there's all this stuff but yeah i would say i would say selena gomez wizards of waverly place um they were even on she was even on barney i used to watch barney all the time (laughs) (laughs) that's like early early ages but um Yeah, I guess the first superhero, I thought Halle Berry as Catwoman was so Mm. badass. I mean, she was a woman of color and I just, she, she was so iconic. Um, But yeah, I I don't remember looking up to many Latin superheroes, which is what, like you said, like needle moving in the right direction. I think Mm. it's good that we're making these small changes and I am someone now that people can look up to and it's just really awesome there needs to be more obviously but yeah it's really it's really cool it's we're i think i'm only like one in three now latin superheroes Mm. on tv on network television um who's latina yeah so that's it's very special and i'm doing my best to represent and trying to just do a really good job well you're doing an awesome job believe me i know um it's a ton of people that i know absolutely love the show and i love getting to see like an actual young like this is kind of the first you know high school superhero show that we've seen all of like the other ones in the arrowverse are like college or not even most of them are like they're just adults um so getting to introduce like a younger generation to that whole world is really awesome um and just to get to see where it all goes what a superhero mm-hmm. is going to be like in college. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> yeah. And it's really cool because you get to really grow with them. We're all mm-hmm. just a bunch of teenagers who are living our life, our normal day-to-day life, dealing with pressure from school, parents, you know, all this stuff. And then we, all of a sudden we're superheroes. There's no handbook. There's no way to go about it. We kind of figure it out. There's Wikipedia, but who knows how accurate <laughs> that is. Right. So yeah, it's really cool to just go in it as, like a normal human becoming a superhero, mm. you know, I think that's very relatable. Like, I feel like everyone would be in that position. Like, what do I do? How do I? And it's funny. It just reminds me of Shazam. Similarly, he was just kind of figuring out how to go. He's like, is this how you fly? Oh God. And crashes. So everything. funny. So funny. I love that movie. Yes. Exactly like that. Uh, so if you had some back to the future scenario and you ran into a 13 year old Yvette, and you told them that you'd made it this far now playing a superhero on network TV. Do you think they'd believe you? No way. I was, I mean, theater wasn't even a priority in middle school. I was trying to be cool. I was trying to dress a certain way. Oh my gosh. I was so different. I was like wearing dickies and like tank tops. And like, no, I wouldn't believe you at all. It was my mom who actually pushed me while I was in high school to, um, to pursue theater acting and everything. And I was like, mom, I can't do this in front of people in high school. What are you doing? You know, still that that middle school mentality. And she was like, well, if you can't do it in front of people in high school, how are you going to do it in front of the world? And I was like, whoa, mind blown. <laughs> so yeah, mama helped a lot. 
but yeah, middle school Yvette was focused on the wrong thing. And uh, what advice would you give that 13 year old you? I don't know. I had, I got so much real advice that actually I paid attention to that. Like for one, it's like my, my grandma actually gave me this advice. She was like, (laughs) she was like, your friends now aren't going to be your friends later. So don't worry. (laughs) Don't focus on that. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? And I got so mad at her. So I'm like, she's my best friend. She'll always be my best friend. She was right. Like a lot of friends from middle school, I'm not friends with now. So I would say like, focus on, focus on who you want to be in your future. That's what I would say. It's hard though, because I feel like all those experiences, they shape you as a person. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I did go through what I went through and made my mistakes and had all those, those ups and downs. Cause now I think that's why I am where I am, you know? Event, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Uh, where can folks find you on Instagram if they want to give you a follow? Just my full name, Yvette Monreal. And you all can follow us at MediaVillage.com on Instagram. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to Media Village Podcast and never miss an episode. You can catch up on DC's Star Girl on the CW app and watch new episodes Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm Haniala, that's Yvette Monreal, and you're listening to Multicultural TV Talk.